Welcome to the New Ways to Dream podcast series. This is John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries. The following is the second in a two-part interview recorded in summer of 2018 with Director Jeff Dawson of Lester Public Library in Two Rivers, Wisconsin. I was going to ask you about the school district, uh, uh, things that you might do with the school district. You mentioned out Hamilton Wood uh, type. Have you done things with the museum as far as brought people in and, and, um, and presented? Or? Uh, right. Um, Jim Ran uh, has done our local history alive programming where he talks about the, the wood type industry and, and, it, and the importance of two rivers in nationally and internationally. Um, they're a, 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 a great participant in the National Library Week promotion. They, um, uh, I'm on their board. I, uh, uh, we've taken staff over for a special tour and printing, uh, so they get to know, you know, when when staff talk about what there is to do in the community, I think it's very important that they know firsthand mm-hmm. what's available. And, and right across the park here is one of the biggest resources in town. I can only, when you talk about Hamilton, the corporation or the company, I can't help but think about how resilient people are. So it's exciting to hear you talk about the library because you begin to feel that something else is coming. Yes. You, we really do. And you can see it, or you can feel it, that this is just another stepping stone to something else. I couldn't agree more. And, and uh, right now we're in this transitional, transformational maybe, uh, situation with our community of Two Rivers where we're, we're taking a step back from industry, from manufacturing, taking a deep breath. Okay, we've been hit hard. But how can we take our, our natural beauty, what we have in the community, the two rivers that flow through town, this beautiful uh, uh, Lake Michigan? We have one of the most beautiful beaches on Lake Michigan, by the way, is Neshota Beach, which we have licenses with uh, the DNR to actually groom and maintain. How has your role as director changed since you were first hired uh... Ten years ago, if so, then uh, how? Well, um, so when I got here as library director, I, I sort of knew what maybe a library director, being a library director, meant, and I was wrong <laughs> because it's so many things. Um, so I see my position here as evolving so much over the years. I knew I wanted to be a part of the community. I knew I wanted to be very visible in the community and obviously be the face of the library within the community. And so in doing so, um, uh, this was 2007 at the beginning of, um, you know, Facebook, Flickr, all the social media stuff. MySpace, you remember that? <laughs> it was heavy. I invested a lot of time in MySpace, and then it went away almost uh, six months after I began. But at any rate, um, I thought, well, uh, uh, as the new library director and getting out and meeting people, I went to all the local events. There's uh, Sunday, Thursday, there's parades, there's a car show, there's uh, all this, all this uh, really great stuff in this community. Um, so I started going, and I thought, well, gee, you know, I, ha- I have this little digital camera I hardly ever use. I'll bring it with and start 
taking photos and and posting photos on these uh, platforms, mm-hmm. variety of platforms, and uh, it became very successful, and uh, I became known as maybe, um, for better or worse, uh, the person in the community that knew about social networking, and I would give a lot of talks locally at chamber event, you know, chamber of commerce, Two Rivers Business Association, um, tourism board, um, all that kind of thing. And so I did get known in the community, uh, wrote articles in the uh, local newspaper, Herald Times Reporter. I still do all, I still do all that stuff. Um, but uh, what changed was um, people started asking me to be a participant in other ways. Uh, I've served on a variety of boards. I've served on the Two Rivers Business Association board. I've served. I am currently serving on um, the uh, Mantauk Area Visitors and Convention Bureau board, which is our, essentially the county tourism board. Um, uh, I, I serve on the Educational Horizons board. Again, another connection with the school district. Um, work closely with the Lisa Quistorf, the superintendent of schools, on that board, on the Spirit of the Rivers board. Uh, we intersect quite frequently. Uh, it isn't the largest community, but so we do overlap, and you see people again and again on boards in participating in the community. Um, so I, I also saw my role in the community kind of grow and expand to things that, quite frankly, <laughs> take me beyond the walls of, of the library, which isn't uncommon, as, as li- most library directors, I'm sure, have shared with you, that a great portion of their position is to be outside the library and, and working in the community. Um, but a library this size, I still have to be in here. Uh, you know, they're... they're uh, Summer's here. It's our busiest time. I, I want to be there for staff, to support staff. Um, but I think that... Uh, so I, I've seen my role expand as, as my... That, that initial push to get known in the community has come to fruition. Um, you, you seem... Uh, your role is very active. Would you say that's one of the rewards of being... Uh, a library director? Uh, do you, you, you enjoy I do enjoy activity? I do enjoy it. And um, here in this size of community, uh, I've always likened it to uh, uh, big fish, small pond type of thing mm-hmm. where, where I can really have impact. And I'm at the table. At, at, uh, you know, I attend all city council meetings. Um, I'm uh, very active in, in the city beyond just the, the library. And uh, uh, there is a reward there that um, you're impacting change, you're impacting the future, not only of the library, but of the community itself. Um, you mentioned the staff earlier. Uh, how many people do you have on staff? 18. 18? I have uh, six full-time and then 12 part-time. We rely heavily on the part-time staff. And uh, um, I think uh, what sets us apart from maybe other institutions uh, is the focus on customer service and good customer service. And 
uh, how to be uh, kind and gentle, mm -hmm. and also how to be stern and firm when we need to be. Um, it, it's uh, I think that's really what sets us apart, and we 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 spend time on that, and I I think it shows. I hope it shows uh, to our patrons. Are there um, opportunities for local citizens to volunteer at the library? There are, and we we have quite a, a contingency, uh, or, or we have a great deal of volunteers that help us with indexing, for example, is big. Um, we Summer reading, we rely on volunteers to come in and help us with a lot of our programs and programming, and, and that's not just adult volunteers, those are teen volunteers that come in and, and help us a lot. So uh, we do rely on volunteers quite often. Your friends group, do you have a... Do you have a um... Well, this is an interesting thing. <laughs> um, when, I, when I arrived, our friends group had two people. And what I looked at was we had a vibrant, well, we had a foundation that was comprised of a group that met once a year. And I looked at both of these groups. And um, not that everything's about money, but sometimes you have to look at it that way. Yes. Our foundation had some money in it. And I felt it more important to build up that foundation and get that off the ground and really running hard and, and, and well. And uh, so my focus over the last 10 years has been on that foundation. And we've increased our, our holdings by, I want to say, about $300,000. We're approaching a million dollars in our endowment. Thanks. Uh, my ne our next goal is to hit that million-dollar mark. But um, we've changed that foundation from meeting annually to meeting monthly. And we now have this board that is excited about what we're doing at the library, excited about going out and trying to figure out ways to raise money. Um, uh, we recently celebrated uh, two years ago our 125th anniversary as a library in the city of Two Rivers. Mm -hmm. And with that, we start, did a $125,000 campaign. We knew we would never hit it. We raised, I want to say, uh, think close, gosh, close to $40,000, and, and we count that as a huge success here. Yes. Um, but it raised the visibility of the foundation in the community. Uh, the foundation supports a, a lot, our, our, our summer reading program, our National Library Week, uh, that money comes from the Library Foundation, and uh, they also, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, help support our large print books. So, so everybody in the community benefits from that foundation. And uh, I'm very proud of that foundation work. And from time to time, we talk about a friends group. And um, one day, maybe, um, we'll go that route. Um, but I feel uh, we, we uh, have our, our two book sales a year that used to be friends of the library uh, book sales. Now they're the foundation, library foundation book sales. So I feel that w with, with the volunteerism of that vibrant board that I'm hoping that's enough. Even though we do have a vibrant uh, volunteer uh, uh, participation at the library. I was personally interested in, um, you know, in our area, Waukesha County, mm -hmm. Federated 
yeah. you know, within the past year or so, yes. uh, merged with uh, Jefferson County yep. and became um, Bridges. I was interested in in this in these merge, merging mergings and wondering uh, the advantages to them and if, if there's any sort of movement mm-hmm. in this area, Manitowoc Calumet, right. uh, into merging either with Monarch or Winna Fox. Uh, if we have the time, if you have the time, yeah. I'm, I'm interested Absolutely. in your thoughts about it. Well, um, are you familiar with the public library system redesign project currently undergoing across the state? I am a participant in that. Okay. I'm one of the work group leaders um, um, for resource libraries. Um, so I'm well acquainted with not only these mergers, but the, the vision of library systems across the state. Um, going back before the uh, merger of uh, Eastern Shores and the, uh, oh shoot, it's now, I think, the... I said Mid-Wisconsin, but I'm not sure that that's, that was the, the title, or maybe it was, it was another one, but it, it was Eastern Shores, and then it picked up some of them from the C- West. Correct. Okay. And uh, before that merger, Eastern Shores Library System, which is uh, based, it was based in uh, Sheboygan, um, we were currently at a position where their director was retiring, and we saw an opportunity for a merger. So we started talks. We went into almost year-long talks in a possible merger between MCLS, Manitowoc County Library System, and ESLS, Eastern Shores Library System. And I felt personally that what a wonderful opportunity to, to build a brand new system from the ground up. I was really thrilled. And I, I, I really wanted this to happen. And I wanted to see... I had my vision, obviously, of, of cooperating with all the library directors in the area. We met many, many times over the course of, I want to say, roughly a year, maybe a bit longer. And uh, we got to a point um, where the talks fell through. It just uh, it became uh, an issue of not necessarily building a brand new system from the ground up, but one or the other joining the other and being a part of the other system, which I wasn't a big, I wasn't enthusiastic about that, just joining to be another cog. I I saw an opportunity here, which I think has really happened with the advent, with the merger of Monarch and the other one, which I forget the name of. Oh, um... Bridges. Bridges, yes, Bridges, Waukesha County Federated and Jefferson County. And I, and I think two, uh, two reasons, uh, oh, I think the reason that those two efforts were successful where ours wasn't, they brought in an outside facilitator. Oh. We tried to do this ourselves, and it was just not the time. Uh, but they brought in an outside facilitator to make this happen. Um, and it did, and I, I, I think they're going to be great. Uh, um, the Public Library System Redesign Project is looking at these mergers very closely and looking at more possible mergers and uh, looking at possibilities to reduce the state, relying on 17 different, uh, or 16 now, 16 different systems. That's a lot. 
um, to maybe uh, for efficiencies, uh, maybe reducing some of the um, uh, duplication of effort to becoming more standardized, um, uh, which is all great and good, and I, I, I applaud the efforts. It's, it's a huge undertaking. Uh, but these systems merging is a really great idea. And some of the, some of the other aspects of system merging are, are we using the same ILS? In other words, the same online catalog. Uh, for example, we use Circe Dynex here, and we look to other area uh, libraries that use that same system for merger possibilities. Brown County uses it. Winifox uses it. Um, there are gaps here and there. Um, so, you know, when, when we talk about uh, merging and um, uh, the benefits there, therein. Uh, there are definite benefits, but I think it, something you brought up earlier was uh, the uniqueness of each community, and and that I, I, I think we are able to retain that unique personality within our communities, yet still have strong and successful systems, but I, I at times, as the systems get bigger and bigger, um, I don't want any of that local identity to ever really be lost. Even within the, the public library system redesign project, the idea is to kind of foster, uh, for lack of a better term, the Wisconsin idea, is this collaboration across the state and make that strong for every library, no matter what size, and not lose that identity. We're really trying to maintain that feel. But even so, even as you... You know, even as we were in those talks with Eastern Shores, even as I've heard some of my uh, colleagues talk about the, the merger with Monarch and Bridges, there is give and take. And there are things that are typically, not always, but more procedural that are lost at the local level. And I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about the loss of of the integrity of community as we merge and grow and actually try to make the libraries more powerful and meaningful for people in their communities. In other words, uh, through this cooperative environment, I have now access to 2 million items rather than oh. the... Okay, the 70,000 I have okay. on hand. So there, there are different ways of looking at this. But, but when you're talking about branding, and, and we've, we talk about this a lot in my management team meetings, is, is uh, what's our goal here? Who are we? And it generally boils down to our brand's easy. Our brand is the book. Our brand is the literacy. It's not that hard. And, um, you know, when I got here, we had... Uh, we had a mission statement that was, you know, the typical paragraph or three sentences. I said, well, instead of three sentences, what if we had three words that encompassed everything we wanted to do? And we arrived at four words. So, you know, I can, <laughs> I'm not a tyrant. So we, we got it to read, discover, connect, enrich. And we think of that as our brand now. You know, you know, if, if we had to associate a brand with the library. Um, 
but we, we, we have to uh, exert caution because I think that uh, moving forward in any strategic planning environment, branding environment, um, or, or talking about the future is uh, be very aware of who you are and where, where we've been in the past. And you, you articulated that very well. And I, I think that um, uh, we have to be careful of what we do pick and choose from the business world and apply it to, to libraries. We're not a business. Uh, I don't feel that way. Um, we, we let's be careful of how we apply business practice to the library environment. Um, uh, I, I have colleagues that I'm sure would degree, disagree with me wholeheartedly, but that that's okay. Uh, I think we're we're a, new, a unique governmental agency that has to survive and live on different terms from the business world. Without community, there is no library. You know, what's the point? Um, but what the library does and provides and adds to the community is so important. Um, but again, I, I, I have the very simplistic notion that, you know, uh, first and foremost, we have to have a community. We have to have two rivers surviving. And that's why when we... And I do have a creative staff that we do things that hopefully surprise and delight our patrons and, and come from unexpected areas. Um, for example, we did a Black Friday promotion where it got us notoriety across the country that we took this business model and said, hey, take a break, come to the library but we did it on their terms. We did it, you know, blockbuster sales. You know, we had buy one, get one free book sales. See, we had, you know, check out five movies instead of three. You know, we, we just made it tongue-in-cheek and fun, and the community responded, and, and, and so, did, so, did the, uh, so did the media. But at any rate, those are kind of one-offs. But, but that created creativity that you're talking about that friction that chaos that, that ca- until you form it it's chaos and and uh, I think I think libraries really need to, to to think in terms of creative services and I know tons of libraries out there do and we we don't pretend that we're coming up with all these great ideas. We look at what other libraries are doing, and we borrow. We don't call it stealing, <laughs> but we borrow. And likewise, if we come up with a good idea, we're real quick to share it. Uh, and and not, it's not our ownership. It's not uh, ours. So uh, how about the short and long-term Goals. You want to share those? Yes, I do. Um, just January, we uh, library board passed our next five-year strategic plan, and in that plan, um, this was our third strategic plan we've written since I've been here. Uh, we had a five-year, a three-year, and now we're back to a five-year. That three-year strategic plan just turned around way too quickly, um, but. What we focused on our first two was really that community outreach, that 
that looking at our community and understanding the community and bringing that community into the library and and uh, you know some of that outreach is is evident in what our youth coordinator does in going into the to into the schools, she actually goes into the schools and provides book talks. Uh, she provides uh, girls who code, for example, projects. Our coding initiatives are are really uh, up there with anyone in the state. Again, I'll, I'll put it up against anyone in the nation. But um, so our our next five-year plan. We recognize we've been in this building for 20 years. So we're going to, we internalized a little bit and looked at creatively how we could better use our space here at the library. And one of our biggest projects is we need new carpeting. Okay, that that alone is a $120,000 project. And as we were formulating our next strategic plan, we knew that was going to be a big part of it. So as we started thinking about that, we started thinking, well, where are, do, is electricity where we need it for the future, for kids, for adults, for, for people with their, with their devices in the building? And, and so we integrated then a, a plan to put in some thin membrane. It's called thread electric throughout the entire library so everybody has easy access to electricity Uh, and then that turned into well maybe we should upgrade some of our furniture and then we started rearranging things and and thinking in terms of since I've been here in 10 years the most valuable piece of real estate in the library are those windows well we've got books butted up against the windows so we're, we're we've got a plan to back off of the windows and put in creative meeting spaces in front of the windows. In other words, give people the opportunity to come in and, and meet in small groups and heck, large groups if they want, uh, and enjoy that view, and and or sit in comfortable seating. We have comfortable seating there now, and contemplate, read, and just sit around and enjoy where we are uh, geographically. Um, uh, so we, we, we've put a lot of thought into this, and it's still formulating, but, but one of the ideas is to, to immediately, what we can, and then I, I talked to staff, I, I know our price tag is, went from $120,000 to probably we're close to $300,000 in our dream, and you know what's wonderful about this dream is the board is totally behind it, and they're like, dream big. And, you know, at one board meeting when I actually gave a tour of the library of some of these changes, which I'd happily give you guys, Mm -hmm. um, is uh, the president of the board looked at me and she goes, so Jeff, what are are we looking at? Half a million dollars? (laughs) Like half a million dollars was no big thing. And, And it is a big thing, obviously. It's huge. And, but to have that support that, uh, that's wonderful. It is. It, it truly is. So, um, so, so, some, so I'm tell, asking staff now, what can we do within that plan that we can do right away? And we want to rearrange our reference desk and bring it up towards the front so, so our older patrons don't have to walk all the way back to the back now and where it is now. And there were reasons for locating it there um, and, and rearranging uh, some of our furniture to, to make it easier and more customer-friendly. For example, when you walk in uh, and somebody says, where's the help desk? Uh, staff say, well, you see that sign, then turn right. 
what we want to do is put the help desk where that circus staff can look over at the help desk and say, it's right there. And in fact, there's somebody sitting there right now. Or they can look over and say, oh, nobody's there right now, but if you go stand over there, someone will be there right back with you. You know, because what happens now is we can't, no direct sight line, and people are walking all the way to the back. Nobody's there, they walk all the way back up the front. So, so those are some of our long-term and our short-term plans. Um, reimagining our interior spaces. Yes. Good, good. Do you have time to read, Jeff? You're so active I read in the community. Uh, and if so, uh, what do you like to read? Uh, do you have favorite authors to share? Um, I, I, I love to read noir, detective type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I love nonfiction. Um, Bill Browder's recent book, um, uh, nonfiction was really good. Um, uh, I forget, uh, Red title, so, excuse me. Um, but one of my favorite authors right now is John Jackson, J-O-N Jackson, who wrote, he's from Detroit. Mm -hmm. He wrote primarily in the 80s okay. and uh, detective stuff. And you start with his first book and where he's taking you now is just, it's funny it's really dark, <laughs> which I like. Um, you probably wouldn't expect that from me, but I do like the really dark stuff. Um, so that's that's what I'm reading currently. And I do, uh, I'll just, I love science fiction. I love mystery. I, uh, good, fine literature. Um, the mysteries are easy to read right now, though. A lot of fun. Are you a writer? Do you I, write? I'm not. I write articles for the local newspaper, which are heavily edited by my staff. But I, uh, you have a monthly column or something? I do. Or? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, two questions, and we're, we're almost done. One was, we had talked earlier about yeah. this gentleman, and I just wanted to get something on the recording about, about this person, and then if you have a, a closing statement that you'd like to provide. And sure, sure. Um, throughout the library, you've seen these paintings. Um, local artist, Le Lester Bentley. Um, who is, it gets confusing because we're Lester Library and there's Lester Bentley, but that's his first name. He uh, grew up in Two Rivers and uh, gained notoriety as a portrait art painter. And he actually uh, painted a portrait of Dwight D. Eisenhower as a sitting president, which I have in that closet right over there. Uh, we rotate the collection. I'm more, uh, part of the Two Rivers Historical Society Committee. It's called the Lester Bentley Committee, where they really have, they've amassed this collection of paintings. People have donated the, a variety of paintings um, that um, they had nowhere to display them. And I said, well, well, we'll display them here at the library. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, Lester's and Bentley's, not to everyone's taste, and I understand that, I get that. But at the same time, it's telling a story about what the possibilities are uh, for young artists. In the, well, the lithographs are beautiful. Aren't they? Oh, those are stunning. The, they're stunning. The Haitian girls. Uh, uh, he spent some time in Mexico. Right behind you is the... Uh, uh, that's Haiti, um, and I forget. 
what that building's called, but at any rate, he, he uh, established himself as a, a primarily a portrait artist in communications with his sons, one, uh, one who lives in Door County, and uh, Lester Bentley had a studio on, in Connecticut and here in Two Rivers, and he, his, he has three sons who have stopped by uh, and participated in unveilings and things of that nature, and um, have told me more about Lester Bentley, that uh, he really was coming up in the 30s and he really wanted, 30s and 40s, and really wanted to be more, he's more into the abstract stuff and just knew that he couldn't make it. There are his three styles of portraits, the, the landscape from still life. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I, um, there's, there's interesting, uh, I think it's near the fireplace we're out in the central area, but you can see one of his uh, still lifes, uh, uh, um, flowers in a vase, but then you move over 15 feet and the same subject, but heavily abstracted, and that's kind of interesting. It is, it is, and uh, uh, many of those abstractions have been lost. Oh. I know, it's so sad, and we know they're out there somewhere. Uh, I personally feel some of his strongest work in those abstractions. For example, over the fireplace right now is Provanka's Kitchen. And it's a kitchen in two rivers. And if you look very closely, the news, newspaper announces the beginning of World War II. Oh and so, you know, he's taken that abstraction, the, the wallpaper, the, the, the palettes. He likes his brown palettes. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, but it's telling a story. Provanka's Kitchen is a, a relative of his. And, and you know, it's fascinating what I've learned through my participation with the Two Rivers Historical Society and the knowledge of that committee. I, I'm My only presence there is to, yeah, I'll hang it up. <laughs> I'll hang him on the wall. And, uh, there was a child, Coles was her last name. Yes. Oh, no. That's a great story. It's the it's girl in the red coat. Well, yeah, it's a beautiful coat. painting. Beautiful painting. And actually, one of the few paintings we actually purchased as a committee and uh, we felt that strongly about getting that in, in, in the uh, collection. What really makes this an outstanding story is that uh, Ronna Lee Coles, the woman, the girl in that painting, comes to the library every day. Still? <gasps> yeah. And, and she said, you know, that's me. That's so. That's a, that, it all comes together, so of course I got I have a picture somewhere in the Flickr account of Ronna Lee standing next to her portrait, uh, which is repeated several times when uh, we had uh, people vacationing uh, from the East Coast, noticed noted the Bentleys or either through the webpage or however they found out um, uh, a, a guy uh, donated his portrait as, as a child to the library, and uh, his sister was visiting, and she said, I heard my brother donated his portrait, uh, Bentley portrait, I'm going to donate mine. And so we have the brother-sister combination, oh, uh, and you know, it's just stories like that, that uh, some of these things wouldn't have happened without, say, social media or the ability for people to connect in a different way, yet it's still the library connecting with these people in new and unique ways that, again, um, speaks to that community, 
I think we were talking about earlier. And uh, again, you know, if I were to wrap this up in any way, yes. is is that sense of community and uh, the invaluable role that the library plays, and it. And you touched on it too. Is that sustainability? That that going beyond beyond, you know, um, my stay here. It it goes beyond um, those who have come before, and I and I think it just feeds into the value and, and the longevity, the the long life of of libraries in our society. I think. Um, Many libraries right now are kind of experiencing a, a slight downward trend in, in attendance, in, in circulation. And you know what? That happens. That happens when uh, the economy is, is doing well or what we're perceiving as, as a strong economy. And I always say, and partially tongue-in-cheek but partially not, don't worry, there's going to be another recession. And when that recession hits, the libraries will be here to hold you up. Uh, to get you, to get you through that those hard times. Um, so uh, we're going to be here for, for a while. Yeah. We've been speaking today with Jeff Dawson, library director at Lester Public Library in Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Again, Jeff, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. Thank you.